0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. Kevin Warren always had big shoes to fill. His predecessor, Jim Delaney, was a college sports titan and a visionary who helped set the Big Ten on a path that asserted itself as an unquestioned trendsetter in college sports, especially college football. Warren inherited a great situation, but just a few months into his tenure as Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren became the Big Ten's leader in crisis, a global pandemic. Five months into that crisis, some are questioning Warren's leadership. How did we get here? How has Kevin Warren handled himself throughout it? And what's it mean for the future of him and the Big Ten? Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College football reporter, joins us next to discuss it right here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Adam Rittenberg, thanks for joining us. Take me back, Adam, to the day that Kevin Warren got hired as Big Ten commissioner because what I remember is this was NFL guy kind of coming from the Vikings was a bit of a surprise what did you think then of his hire and in the situation he was stepping into
0: sure it was a surprise I mean it wasn't a name that any of us had really heard of and I guess that's a credit to the search process and the president's for keeping it quiet but you know Kevin had you know, limited involvement in college athletics early in his career. And then was pretty much an NFL executive. That's how he, he built, uh, you know, his brand. And so, you know, I think a lot of people thought it would be you know, someone like Northwestern athletics director, Jim Phillips, or someone who was more of a, a college insider versus an outsider. But, uh, you know, again, the, the reviews were very positive and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people thought that, uh, you know, obviously first African American commissioner of a major conference. There's, there's a, there's a history behind that. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, it was it was certainly not a name that we were thinking about, but uh, somebody that uh, made a lot of sense once you once you looked at his background.
1: I think what I was interested, Adam, is what he felt about the big issues of college athletics because he didn't have that history, right? We didn't have a, a record on him, really, of, of how he felt about some of these things, and he was pretty quiet about those early on. Um, and whether it was name, image, and likeness or whatever, did we learn anything uh, in his first few months on the job about where he wanted to take this conference or what his big issues or where he felt, how he felt about certain issues uh before the pandemic kind of took hold of everything.
0: Sure. Well, you know, Kevin actually uh, officially took over in, in September and then was obviously working with Jim Delaney with Jim is th- still the, the front man of the big 10 until new year's day. And then officially kind of officially, officially took over. So you know, he, 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 he didn't do any media during that time. He wanted to take that time to, formulate opinions um, over the long term about some of those issues you just mentioned. You know, when I, when I met with him in January in his office, um, you know, know, he talked extensively about, uh, you know, just wanting to improve the experience for athletes as much as possible and wanting to get around to campuses and and talk to athletes and, you know, how to improve, you know, their, their access to mental health and um, you know, different initiatives around the student athlete experience. That was really the driver in a sense of his early commissionership. And then unfortunately, as you know, you know, the pandemic hits and he doesn't get to make those trips around everywhere. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's just been, you know, kind of crisis mode ever since. Um, So, you know, very difficult situation to walk into, but I will say he was consistent, you know, when, you know, really wanting to make, um, make the focus on the athletes, you know, I think Delaney wasn't as though he didn't care about that, but, he was, um, you know, he was focused more at, at times on on finances and, and contracts and and some of the, 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 the those different elements that you know, certainly made him a a tran- transformational commissioner.
1: That's a good point. I'm, I'm wondering, Adam, uh, you know, during this pandemic, I think the Big Ten was the first of the major conferences to shut down the basketball tournament, their conference tournament. Um, how has that kind of guided him through this pandemic?
0: Well, I, I think they had to, you know, get get, uh, get a plan together as quickly as possible because of that. I think they put together their, you know, their their group, uh, the infectious diseases task force, in, in March, and they've been talking ever since, and you know, trying to plan ahead. I know there's been a lot of calls with athletic directors, and pretty much every day, Kevin Warren has been on the phone with them. Which, you know, again, you know, and I asked Penn State athletic director Sandy Barber about this earlier today, in that. Um, you had so much communication leading up to the decision. Was there enough um, around the actual decision? And, you know, it's just hard to tell at this point because people have a lot of questions and there weren't a lot of details offered, not just by Kevin Warren, but really we haven't heard from the Big Ten presidents and chancellors who made this decision. And so, you know, I, I get it. I think there was good communication or at least a lot of communication throughout this process. And, uh, you know, different groups were, were talking with Kevin Warren, whether it was the, you know, the, uh, the experts on the campuses as far as infectious diseases, or the sports medicine group, which he referred to in announcing the fall postponement, which is athletic trainers and, and others, you know, in that in that background, who, who have that type of expertise. So I don't think it was, you know, a decision that was uninformed, because there was a lot of meetings and a lot of discussion uh but we could certainly talk about the actual process of the decision and, and some of the concerns around that
1: yeah uh, adam rittenberg about 10 days ago 11 days ago uh the big 10 released its revised schedule and, and teams started practicing uh correct me if i'm wrong of my impression but that seemed to signal to me that they were at least going to try to play college football season uh in, in a pandemic am, am i right in that assumption did you feel that way too
0: well, I, I think, yeah, th- 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 when, when you do that, th- it does signal publicly that, yeah, there's going to be an attempt. Um, now, you know, even at that time, I think there was a lot of qualifying language from yes. Kevin Warren, you know, talking this about the season more as an if not a definite. Um, and, you know, again, I think he, he knew that it was going to be tough even at that point to start and and have a season go uninterrupted and not have some major issues, but, um, you know, they were, they were pretty committed to, to starting Labor Day weekend instead of moving the start of the season back like the SEC and the Pac 12 did at the time, uh, which certainly can be questioned now that they went the route they did. Why not just give yourself as much time as possible to make the, the, the decision? But they clearly had enough information, uh, at least most of the league that, that they didn't think, I think things were going to change a whole lot, uh, between now and, and when you really have to make those types of choices.
1: Yeah, a few few days later, we start to see reporters like yourself, Adam, who reported well on this, that the Big Ten season could be in peril. Have have we yet learned um, what changed in those couple days or how much changed uh, for the presidents and chancellors to vote or not vote or come to the decision uh, to postpone its fall season?
0: Right. Well, you know, again, I, I don't think it was necessarily one bit of information. Yeah. There's, there's certainly um, uh, a lot of the conversation around the long-term effects of COVID-19, including some that have experience, been experienced by Big Ten athletes, uh, heart condition, myocardi- my, myocarditis, and other issues that were, you know, again, learning that they're happening. We don't really know that much about them, at least the, the experts don't. I know that Kevin Warren had some long conversations with both the infectious diseases group and the sports medicine group on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday leading into that weekend. And then you obviously had the Mac decision to postpone on the Saturday morning. And then um, you know, there was another call between athletic directors on Saturday. I think Josh Whitman, you were on the call when mm-hmm. Josh said you know, the conversations really got moving on Saturday. Uh, and then on Sunday, you know, we reported kind of late afternoon that the big 10 presidents were mostly in alignment around postponement but then you didn't have a decision for a couple more days. And you know, that's when things got really odd. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I would say really bad for the big 10, just as far as the, you know, the public uh, disagreements and discord and some of the things that you just don't see very often in the conference, you're know, coming from coaches and others. So um, yeah, it was a, a very you know, tumultuous stretch. If you think about it between Wednesday, you, you, you announced the, the schedule and then, thir- you know, those meetings get going Thursday, Friday, Mac postpones on Saturday, things really ramp up. Kevin's talking to the presidents, And then I-, I think by Sunday, you know, the league had reached its position where it was going to ultimately land, which was the postponement of all sports.
1: And Adam, there you hit on it. The the discord in, in the days after is, is different. You've covered the Big Ten for a very long time. Uh, this is obviously unprecedented, so you can understand where the emotions are. But coaches, whether it's Scott Frost or Ryan Day, talking about playing outside the Big Ten, and obviously that probably won't happen. But some athletic directors have, have been, you know, voiced some disappointment in this. And of course, many players and parents, and you have parents writing letters, Justin Fields getting a petition to come back and play. What's this tell us about how the Big Ten, the the presidents and chancellors, and how Kevin Warren kind of handled this, or in ways that maybe they mishandled this?
0: Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's even questions. Sandy Barber from Penn State saying today that was there even a vote, a formal vote taken, or did they just kind of reach this agreement uh, where where they could go forward and make an announcement? You know, I, I think there's certainly um, you know some questions about. Why, why, they, why there wasn't more on the front end of explaining the process to everybody um, because it was such a big decision. And, you know, I think that's where the Big Ten fell short. If you look at the Pac-12, have we heard any parent groups from the Pac-12 up in arms about the, that, that, their decision to postpone? No. Have we heard any coaches coming out and saying, well, why, why are we doing this? This is wrong. Let's fight. You know, hashtag we want to play. You didn't see any of that from the Pac-12. You know, they had a call with coaches on the Monday night um, with, their med- with their health people, with the medical people that I, I, I really think explained the process as well as they could to the coaches. Did all the coaches agree? probably not, mm-hmm. but they understood what went into the decision. That same medical group got on with the president on the Tuesday in advance of their vote, which we turned which you know they said was, was a unanimous vote to postpone. and so I think that's where the big Ten uh, really struggled is. They, if they get to their decision on Sunday and, and they're they're in a place where, where most of the presidents want to postpone, then you have to handle the communication piece better. You got to communicate to your coaches and have that discussion. It may not be a great discussion, but it's a discussion that you have to have. Um, and then I think from a public, I know we're in the media, we're both biased mm-hmm. and we want information. Uh, you have to have that uh, out there a little bit better than the big 10 did. You have to have a document, like the pac 12 uh, put out to explain its thought process. You know, does that mean that these parent groups don't, uh, you know, send letters and they're, they're not upset. And Justin Fields doesn't start a petition. I, I don't know, but at least there wouldn't be as strong an argument on their end for where's the transparency, where are the details? Why did you really do this? Explain it better than a news release. And I think we both agree a, a pretty underwhelming interview on BTN yeah. from Kevin Warren. And again, I think Kevin was exhausted. And he's been in a really tough spot and mm-hmm. neither of us are in that position. So I think he deserves a little benefit of the doubt. But, but, but again, if, if that's it, you have to provide more. And I think, again, if you're relying on the science, if you're relying on these groups of experts, then we need to hear from them or at least get a get a, a view into their thought process. And that's where the Big Ten fell short.
1: Yeah, I think we can all agree. Uh, both these presidents and commission- and chancellors and Commissioner Warren, I mean, are put in a bad spot. This is a very tough place to be, but these are the leadership positions you sign up for, even if you don't expect a, a pandemic. So, I mean, obviously people are, are questioning, criticizing Kevin Warren and his leadership through this. What What is a potential ramification of this for him as, as he moves forward? I mean, he's going to be here, Adam, and, and I think he'd been impressive in other times. So it, what is the actual fallout of this for Kevin Warren and how he proceeds as a leader of the Big Ten?
0: Well, I think it's a really important time, Jeremy, for him to start mending these relationships and trying to get out in front of uh, some of the issues. I, I think it's concerning that there hasn't been much said uh, from the league here in the last few days, maybe that changes and yeah, I'm sure you've reached out for comment I've reached out for comment and, and there hasn't been a whole lot uh, but you know again, I you know It's an odd position to be in because you know there, There's a lot of evidence that suggests that Kevin Warren will be right and the Big Ten will be right and nobody will be able to play this fall Um, You know, you're seeing University of North Carolina just moments ago announcing that they uh, are going to go online classes only because they've already had so many outbreaks on campus. They've barely been back on campus. That could be the reality almost everywhere. And I think that would certainly push presidents that haven't uh, decided to postpone. Maybe that's all they needed to get there. Um, But if those other leagues go forward and play and have a successful season and there's not much interruption and they're in the playoff and they're in bowl games. It's going to be very hard, I think, for for Kevin uh, and, you know, in a sense, some of these Big Ten presidents to to overcome this because of the damage that it'll do to the conference, especially if uh, they're unable to get a spring season off the ground. So, you know, are are they are you rooting for the virus? Are you rooting for these other leagues to have problems? You're not. But. If they go through relatively unscathed and you're sitting out, uh, it's going to be a really tough
1: situation for everybody. Yeah, there's definitely a lot on the line right now for all these commissioners and presidents and chancellors. And it'll be interesting to see how it all falls out. Last thing for you, Adam, and always appreciate your time. How realistic is a spring season? How, how can the Big Ten pull this off?
0: You know, I, I, I want to learn more about it, Jeremy. I'm not trying to avoid the, the question. It's almost one of these things that it depends on who you talk to. Some people say there's no way you can do it. And, 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 and oftentimes that's a typical football coach response because it's new. Uh, and I'm glad that like, people like Jeff Brom and, and, and Ryan Day and, and other coaches and administrators in the Big Ten are at least you know, thinking about, okay, how, how, how could we do this? Mm-hmm. How would this work? They obviously have to sort out eligibility and some of the other hurdles. You know, uh, obviously, if it's not safe enough to do it, then it's going to be a hard conversation. But assuming that things improve and, and they have great presidents have greater comfort to go forward with the spring season, it absolutely uh, merits a lot of time and energy because uh, I think even though a number of players wouldn't participate, I think anyone with a, a real serious NFL aspiration would have a hard time uh, putting on pads in, in, you know, just a few months before the draft. Mm-hmm. But I think some would, and a lot of the younger players w- would benefit from it, as would a lot of the seniors who that's the last time they're ever going to play football at a highly competitive level. And so um, I, I hope that there's at least an attempt. To put together a, a strong plan, and it was, you know, it's a little disheartening to hear some of the comments from those in the league sources I've talked to about how little planning there was for the spring possibility before, uh, prior to the postponement. But now the season's postponed. There's certainly time. There's certainly energy into that process, and and I hope they give it their best shot.
1: I guess this is more big picture, Adam. H- how does college sports come out of this changed?
0: Well, I think everything's going to have to be looked at, um, you know, I think the easy, easy uh, response. A lot of people think it's going to be, Oh, you just cut a bunch of programs and, and you understand it's not, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. A lot of those athletes uh, pay tuition, a lot of those programs um, you are, are not as big a burden on the, on the bottom line as some other areas. But you know, I, you know, unfortunately, I think staffing is gonna have to be changed. I think um, you know, the good thing is a lot of these facilities are already uh, done or, or paid for with outside money. But I, I just think the entire operation is gonna, is gonna look a lot different um, you know, in, in the future as far as how many people are in an athletic department, uh, you know, how, how the major sports are operated, how can the minor sports operate differently? You know, almost like club teams in some cases, um, you know, do you need to get on plane very often if you're with an Olympic sport? I, I, I'd I have a big problem with that if I'm an AD after this pandemic. So, you know, can, can you make it work and still have it be a worthwhile experience and, and, and compete for something without um, just, loot your know, Uh, costing me thousands and thousands of dollars as an athletic director those are all tough questions and tough conversations that are going to have to be had but um I, i really do think it's going to look quite different in the year from now
1: given the you know players united um statements we saw and now the players trying to play and and some willing to sign a waiver does this expedite or change any of the possibilities of changing the amateurism model that we've been talking about before the pandemic?
0: Well, I, I, again, I, I think it's worth having the discussion. I, I, I get the sense from talking to sources that presidents would rather not play this season than than go to a full professional model, right. um, which you know, which a lot of people think you have to have if you were to, to, to go into like a bubble format like the NBA ha- has had or the NHL is having. Um, and so, you know, that that's a conversation that certainly concerns a lot of people in college sports. Is is, is are we going away from the amateurism? Even if we give NIL, is, is, how much further is this going to go? And so it's going to be interesting to see that how the conversations evolve from those groups um, that, that spoke out. And you, you, you do wonder whether, um, you know, the, the athletes who were more focused on having the season, if they had uh, uh, put that message out there earlier in this process, in June or July, before the uh, Pac-12 United or the Big Ten United movement uh, got going, would that have changed this, uh, the, the, this timeline or this conversation? It, it's hard to know. There's a lot of what ifs, but uh, I think the sequencing of it, the Pac-12 group saying, do this or else we won't play, and then the Big Ten group, you know, to a lesser extent saying, we need these demands met, you know, that, that, that definitely got on the radar of these presidents and, you know, probably factored into their decision along with all the other information they
1: got. So many interesting things going on in the college athletics world. Adam Rittenberg, always appreciate the insight, my friend. All right, thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. There are so many layers to this, so much on the line, whether you're on the Big Ten and Pac-12 and, and all these other smaller conferences deciding to postpone the season. Um, and while you have the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 pushing forward, What's that look like? What's the what's the fallout for whoever side looks correct in the end, uh, for Commissioner Kevin Warren? What's on the line for that? Just early leadership, right? Uh, But obviously, the process for the Big Ten has seemed flawed. The message not being unified has seemed flawed for the Big Ten. And Kevin Warren's got to learn from that. And I think that's what we come across with with Adam Rittenberg in our conversation there. All right, appreciate Adam Rittenberg's time. One of the best to cover college athletics, especially college football. Been covering the Big Ten for a really long time. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Also, don't forget this whole month at 24-7 Sports. It's our 10-year anniversary at 24-7 Sports, so they're offering 50% off off a VIP subscription, your first year of annual subscription, that's more than $50 of savings. You can sign up now at IlliniInquirer.com. Because even though sports aren't happening at this moment, we're still covering the heck out of Illinois. The latest with football recruiting, basketball recruiting. And uh, I just talked with an NFL scout here recently about the process, and what it'll look like for some of these Illini guys, how they are impacted. I'll have that coming up for our VIP subscribers, as well as answering all your questions with our mailbags as well. Thank you as always for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.